footy's back, baby. Just a little bit over 24 hours as we sit here in a studio recording this NRL.com podcast. Chris Kennedy is with you. Alicia Newton and Brad Walter, crack NRL.com journalists, are also on the line. Guys, thanks for being here. Hello, CK. Lovely to uh, hear your voice again. We're ready. We're pumped. <laughs> We're all pumped. Hi, Chris and Alicia. Very well. Pretty exciting, isn't it? Man, it's, uh, it's been a long, slow wait. I um, have mostly been off duty uh, since the comp shut down, but I was in the studio this morning recording some bits and pieces. We're doing a podcast now. I was covering media ops yesterday. It's, um, it's getting real now. It's almost upon us. So very exciting times. Um, what are you both looking forward to most uh, this weekend? Alicia, I'll start with you. Oh, just the storylines. You know, I think there's some awesome matchups. Uh, you know, the Latrell Mitchell battle with with his old club. Just little little things in between. Uh, obviously, Broncos. You know, can they get a bit of revenge on on the Eels for last year's finals result? Um, you know, even the Knights on Sunday, they they got pumped by 50. You know, in that final round last year against Penrith. So they've got a bit to say about that too, surely. So yeah, just the matchups for this week. I think I'll be in front of the TV for every single game. Uh, for sure, Brad. Yeah, just um, well, look. I'm just looking forward to kick off on between the Broncos and um, Parramatta. It's like um, being a little kid waiting the night before Christmas. Um, and just, I suppose I'm going to be really interested to see how the new rule works. One referee, we haven't seen that in the NRL for over a decade. Um, what impact that has, um, and also the teams are a lot different to what they were when the competition was suspended after round two. These players have come back and some players are out as well. And some big-name players like I. Cody Walker at the Rabbitohs and Nathan Cleary at Penrith. And what impact that will have on, on their teams. Absolutely. Just on the teams now, obviously, um, you know, Zach Bailey on Tuesday hosts the uh, the Tuesday team show and they go into it in great depth. So we're not going to run a fine tooth comb over it. But just uh, as a headline, what are you sort of most surprised by when you saw the team list, uh, Alicia? Um, I think the biggest surprise probably for me came via the Dragons. Uh, no Isaac Luke, no Trent Merrin, you know, a couple of experienced heads. I think Mary came out today and pretty much has just said, you know, I, I want no mucking around. He needs results. So to see those two guys missing, I was a little bit surprised. But then again, you see, look at their forward pack with Corbin Sims back and um, there's a couple of reshuffles there with James Graham going a lock. So mm. Tarek back as yeah, well round two. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's a couple of guys on the bench that have probably, you know, been a little bit of shining lights from that round one and two games, so they've been rewarded. So that was probably, selection-wise, a bit of a shock. Any curveballs for you, Brad? Uh, probably Merrin. I was surprised um, that Merrin wasn't there. And I also thought that McGregor would probably want to have another, have Luke um, on the bench, especially... Um, with this new rule in play, but then they have got a lot of depth. Um, you know, and just, I suppose, some of the young guys, um, Fogarty at the Titans in particular, that was one that um, took me by surprise. I have to admit, I, I know very, very little about him. Uh, I know a little bit about Troy Dargan at Souths, and I think that had been, um, with Katie Walker being out, I think that had been been flagged as well, and, and likewise with Tex Hoy at the Knights. But, um, yeah, prob- probably Fogarty. Um, there's some some young guys getting a go at the Warriors as well, um, and uh, yeah, that, that's they probably probably were the main selection um, things. But it's just really interesting. I thought I was expecting Kieran Foran to be back as well. So um, the fact that he's not there for the Bulldogs um, was probably a bit of a surprise. 
I was surprised that with no Kieran Foran back, they decided to switch from Brandon Wakem to Jack Cogger, given whoever it is is potentially only going to have a week or two before Foran comes back to take their spot anyway. I thought uh, Wakem wasn't too bad in that um, round two game against the Cowboys. Any particular players um, you guys are, are looking forward to, to seeing? Brad, you touched on a couple of debutantes in, in Dargan and Hoy. Uh, Alicia, any debutantes, Hoy, for example, that you're most keen to, to look at? Yeah, I'm excited for Hoy. I think he's got a massive future in the game, uh, especially given what we saw in the nines. Uh, Matt Burton at Penrith, I'm keen to see that match up um, against you know Mitchell Pearce in the halves with Jerome Luai. There's a, there's a good little battle there on the, on Sunday. Um, but a, across the board, there's little little bits and pieces with with players, and um, you know there's just all these little storylines as I alluded to before. Um, I'm very keen to watch over the next, you know. Next next few days, I think Tyron Roberts playing fullback as well. Just just on that, it's a it's a quirky one. Um, I don't think he's played there for a while, if he ever has. Mm. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes there. Had some Achilles issues as well, so the extra running. It'll be interesting to see how he handles that. Um, and before we um, get further into it, we we can't not mention the the drama around Bronson Sherry, the young centre at the Sharks. Um, Brad, we, we don't want to dwell on this one, but it is a, a big story. Can you bring us up to date on what the um, the facts are as they stand? Well, we, there's not a lot of detail that's known um, around what happened, except that um, except that Bronson Sherry um, tested positive. To a uh, to to steroids um, back in November November 25 um, and the Sharks the NRL and uh, and Cherry himself were all taken by surprise yesterday when they were notified by Osada and um, um, that's one of the issues that um, uh, that that or one of the questions that is being asked is is about the lag time between the the test the test and uh, the announcement uh, or the advice of of what's happened but. Um, uh, you know, I think that's Asada's got a process. Um, you know, they they oversee sport in general, not just the NRL. And their their um their main process is catching um, uh, people who have breached um, the drug regulations. There's a lot of concern um, from people that know him in particular about the welfare of Bronson Cherry. He's a young kid. He had a shoulder reconstruction at the end of last season. He seemed to have the world at his feet, um, and and everyone was excited. Um, to see him, him back and pl- back playing, and it's obviously a really disappointing news. Um, you know, something that the game certainly doesn't need. Um, but but at this stage, um, he's still got the, the, the process of um, of you know innocence until proven guilty of a the the, the right to co- uh, contest this. And there's a B sample um, that needs to uh, confirm the, the results of, of the um, of the original test um, or the of the A sample that was announced yesterday. So um, probably the process is usually about a week before um, that's confirmed. And then um, and then I suppose we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But yeah, it's really disappointing news uh, for the game and, and, and for the Sharks. And you've got to feel for them in, in regards that um, they had this glut of centres and they released Josh Morris after the um, after their last game to go to the Roosters. And, um, you know, and now um, they've potentially lost a... Uh, one of their key centres um, as well, but you know that's that's happened before, and, and there's a process to to um, to take place here. Yeah, you mentioned the glut of centres. They do still have Jesse Raymond and Josh Dugan in the centres this week, so it's no longer a glut of centres, but they do still have two first-class players to to play there. Um, worst case scenario for Sherry, I think, is a four-year ban 
So obviously that is a, a hugely negative outcome for the player, but it's not necessarily career over, but we'll just have to wait and see how that all plays out. Um, you touched on the rule changes, Brad. I wanted to delve a little bit into the, um, the sort of the new look style of footy. We don't quite know what it's going to... Um, to, to look like exactly, but we're down to one ref. We've got this um, six again rule potentially uh, where the, the ref can look at a ruck infringement and rule six again rather than a penalty, which sort of slows things down a bit. Um, how do you see this painting out? Oh, I think it's probably going to take a bit of um, getting used to, especially um, that the, the teams haven't, um, haven't had that long to work on it. And also they not, don't have access to referees and training sessions. So, so you know, they're not able to get a, a real indication of how the referees will um, will interpret it. And that's going to be the most interesting thing to see how often do they blow or do they call six again? Um, are they, is it going to be more often, do you think, than than, um, than they would usually blow a penalty? Um, and then the, the other thing that probably not a lot has been made of, but if a player is penalised, so the referee has the option, he can award a, he can still award a penalty um, if he thinks it was a professional foul or if it's repeated infringements um, by a team. So if they concede, you know, a, a couple of times, if they try to slow the play of the ball down a couple of times uh, on their own defensive line, he can blow a penalty and it's an automatic sending as well. So that should be a real deterrent for this. I think it'll, um, I think once teams get used to it, I think um, it'll, um, it'll, it'll, we'll see the game flow a bit more. We'll see some real momentum and some, some teams looking to take advantage in terms of attack. I'm really, like, I'm keen to see the likes of, Penrith um, and ha you know how they'll, they'll utilize it I think the dragons will be another team you know with a with a clever dummy half and a, um, um, a mobile forward pack um, and, and the Rabbitohs probably um, would be another team that'd be in that boat there's a, quite a few teams I expect will will benefit I think having a, a, a clever dummy half a experienced dummy half a, a Cameron Smith who controls play out a dummy spot dummy half I think that'll be really advantageous because you get the six the six again, the defence is on the back foot and um, and you've got, you know, effectively a playmaker or a guy calling the shots who will just be, you know, calling everyone in and directing play. So I think, I think it's, um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think it's a real positive. Alicia, it's I think just, sorry, yep, you go. I was just going to say, I think there'll be a lot of teething issues early, but, but one thing I guess in the player's advantage is given there is no crowds, there's going to be a lot of communication between you know, the referees and, and all players across the field, you know, usually you see that final warning for players and half the time they're not listening and, and that, that's what they use as the excuse when they then get binned. Whereas now, I think for the next, you know, six, seven, eight weeks, however long um, until we, we get some crowds back um, at a minimum, they'll, they'll, this will be a bit of a period where they can still, um, I guess I guess learn and 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 work out how this is going to work because there's still a lot of grey area until we actually get on the field and and uh, work it all out. We'll, we'll see which teams can kind of utilise it best. Obviously, uh, you mentioned no crowds. There's also only six grounds being used. There's only a couple of teams playing in their regular home stadiums. Um, everyone else is playing out of Cameltown, Gosford and Bankwest. Um, do you think this is going to advantage or disadvantage anyone or the fact that there's no crowd sort of takes that the home ground advantage out of it anyway? I think definitely if you ask the Knights who've got to, you know, travel to Campbelltown for the next couple of weeks and then I think the Cowboys have got a couple of games up in North Queensland. It's, I think it's going to take it out eventually. Obviously, it's all a bit of a adrenaline rush at this point. But give it a few weeks and, and give it, you know, 
teams that might not be doing so well, I think that's when it will really start to kick in. And, you know, 18 straight rounds, I think if you're out of finals contention with with, uh, with eight to go, then you're, you know, you're not in the best sort of frame of mind down the track, I don't think. Uh, one thing I think is going to be interesting is that the away teams, the, the interstate teams, um, they're going to be flying in and out on the day. And when that, that occurred in um, round two, um, the teams that, the teams that flew, they all, they all said they thought that that was actually that benefited them, and that um, that was the first time they'd done it, and they thought they could um, they could improve on the process, and that they could gain real benefit. The players are back at home in bed uh, that night after the game, um, so it's good for recovery, gives them a longer preparation leading into um, into the into their next game. But also the fact that they fly down, they have a bit of time together. Um, effectively, I suppose as soon as everyone gets on the plane, they're starting to think about the game as well, um, and, and everything is revolved around around the game. So I think I think that will help the teams that are flying to Townsville or when the Cowboys are are, um, are travelling down to Sydney, etc. Um, and in terms of the home ground, though, I think um, you know it's really it really is the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Storm, uh, the the Eels, and uh, maybe the West Tigers are really the only teams that are going to have any home ground advantage, it's only going to be familiarity. And really, what gives you home ground advantage? It's fans in the in the, in the the grandstand calling for the referee to get them back on side or booing or, you know, um, cheering, giving giving the players some uh, encouragement um, when they're defending a set on their line or when they're um, chasing a lead. So um, they're not going to have that with, with no crowd. Absolutely right. Now, we're still seeing a few bits and pieces of signings business being done. Alicia, a pretty big announcement out of Souths this morning. Yeah, great news for them with uh, Cameron Murray extending for another four years, uh, given who they lost last year with, with Sam Burgess and John Sutton. It kind of kicks off a bit of a, a new generation um, era for, for the club. And, you know, what a, what a guy to, to have on board to, to kick you into the next four years than, um, than Cameron Murray, rising star. So, um, yeah, great news for him, to, um, for him today in the club. Yep, potential future captain in waiting just there. Um, Parramatta also added uh, Jay Field, the ex-Dragon speedster, to a development list after he was on a, a train and trial coming back from England a couple of months ago. And Ethan Parry, the uh, young gun centre, has been released. So hopefully we see him back in the NRL with another club sooner than later. Um, casualty ward updates. Brad, uh, what's happening up at Brisbane? Yeah, um, Matt Lodge is back, and uh, and and but and David Fafita's out. Is that right? <laughs> I believe that's right. David Fafita, um, bit of a knee meniscus trim over the uh, the break. I uh, was expecting him to be close to back for the resumption, but I think Anthony Seabold said through the week could be another five or six weeks away. So they're um, they're still not doing too badly, even with Tavita Pangai still suspended. You, you know, Flegler's playing well, Carrigan's playing well. You know, Jamil Hapawadi's starting. He's had a um, you know a bit of a, a checkered pass, but making the most of it now. Oh, oh, yeah, like I was a bit confused there about Fafita because um, I was receiving mixed signals about what was what was happening with him yesterday um, from from people, and I was sort of wondering if I was not, not really sure what what was going on there, but. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he's uh, he's obviously a, a great player for them, um, but they've got some. Uh, they've got a really talented forward pack, the Broncos, and I'm I'm excited to see how they go um, up against Parramatta in the in the, um, the opening match of the restarted season. 
Gav Cooper missing for the Cowboys with a, a calf strain. The Warriors had a, a massive reshuffle. Alicia, are you across how much of this is injury forced and how much is um, just selection wise? Are they getting players back soon? Yeah, well, we obviously we saw them lose that that trio uh, last week. Or it feels like ages ago now. But um, so you just hope you know you hope that they get some more guys back on deck um, at this point. It seems still not bad. I expect them to give the Dragons a, a good run for their money. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all, all eyes will be on them and, and just how they respond, you know, now that they've been in Australia for a couple of weeks. And um, I think a win will, will do them the world of good if they can get over the line quite early. That would be fantastic. Oh, I, think, I, think with the, I think with the Warriors, yeah. you know, they've been in They've effectively been in camp for four weeks for this match, preparing for this match, living together, training together. It's like being on a kangaroo tour or something like that or a, in a state of origin camp. We see... Um, at rep level, we we often see how the the Kiwis are a team and and the Tonga, Tonga Fiji etc. When they go into camp and they can get a couple of games under their belt, we see um, we see them really um, you know come together and start to perform perform well. And you know I wouldn't be surprised if um, if, if the Warriors uh, come out firing a lot better than what we expect. Uh, yeah, let's hope so. The Simply the Best poll is still running. We're down to the last couple of positions. Last week's poll on the best props um, we spoke about on the podcast, it's down to the final four. It's Shane Webke up against Petro Sivnaseva and Glenn Lazarus up against the Chief Harrigan. Winner to be announced on Thursday. Voting is still live on NRL.com. Um, I think uh, certainly the more seasoned amongst us last week tipped Glenn Lazarus as the, um, the standout amongst a very strong field, and he does lead the voting currently. Uh, this week, it's onto the hookers, the top 10 nominees, Danny Badiris, Damian Cook, Benny Elias, Robbie Farrar, Jason Hetherington, Josh Hodgson, Isaac Luke, Cameron Smith, Steve Walters and Craig Wing. Some pretty handy players didn't make the uh, the top 10. The likes of Kerrod Walters, Luke Prittis, Jake Friend, Michael Ennis, Andrew McCulloch, Monty Beetham. Some representative players and premiership win- winners amongst those omissions. Um, Alicia, I'll start with you. Hookers, um, what are your thoughts? Uh, there's, there's a good lineup there. I think it'll come down to two, though, as the same as the, the halfback battle that we had a couple of weeks ago um yeah between Cameron Smith and, and Denny Badiris um two great rivalries when they did play origin against each other um yeah I can see Cameron Smith winning this by a country mile but uh yeah I think Denny Badiris will be a respectable second in this I, I think the um I think Steve Walters is a player that's um um yeah as well who, who who will really challenge um he might uh he might not get as many votes because of the fact that um it's been probably over 20 years now since steve Walters played uh he was considered at the time the greatest hooker of ever um uh, and, and i think probably cameron smith has probably taken that mantle from him now but smith and Walters they might split the queensland vote there and danny badiris um could could come through so I think, you know, just in the evolution of hookers, I think it sort of went, um, you know, Steve Walters was considered the best ever and then Danny came along and Danny was, um, he was able to kick out a dummy half and uh, he, he, he played a bit like a, a halfback in the, in the dummy half role. And then Cameron Smith has just taken it to another level in terms of his control and organisation out of dummy half. So um, there's been a real evolution there and there's certainly three of the, um, 
three uh, three absolutely fantastic hookers. But it's a great it's a great list of names there. It is a wonderful list. Steve Waters, as you say, regarded quite easily as the the greatest modern number nine by the time he retired. And Cameron Smith now being spoken about as one of the very greatest players in the history of the um, the sports. Just good there to see too. Um, Josh Hodgson, an Englishman, and uh, Isaac Luke, um, a, a Kiwi, um, who are uh, you know um, who have been great hookers in the NRL over a long period of time. For sure. And uh, before we wrap this bad boy up, uh, anyone got a, a highlight of the past week? Yeah, um, the draw coming out. I just think um, that's th- that was what made everybody realise and they were able to, to, to visualise, um, you know, this is the season. We, everybody had known it was, uh, that it was kicking off on May 28. But now we can see, you know, who's playing who each week, um, you know, when the finals are and when... Um, uh, and when State of Origin is, and it's given everyone a really clear um, indication of, of what lays ahead for the next, it's what, what's it going to be the next five months, I suppose, of rugby league that all starts on Thursday night. Yeah, I agree, Brad. Just just the whole, you know, teamless Tuesday that, that happened. And you know, I can't wait for Monday when we're reviewing the, the referees and reviewing, reviewing how that all went. So, um, yeah, but definitely just, just the whole week getting back into that, that grind of of the games ahead um is something that i looked forward to yeah i think yeah similar for me just seeing everyone sort of back doing stuff at uh, nrl.com you know seeing the um the studio shows pumping out you know the um the team show with zach the the monday show with katie and, and sowie and chamis and you know talking some actual footy on the podcast it's been a, a very uplifting week on on that front so um we'll be back this time next week with another podcast and some actual games to talk about so until then thank you everyone for joining us